Hi, I'm Josh Shearer and I serve as the lead pastor here at Gawley Uniting Church. I wanted to personally thank you for joining us today. We exist as a church to see lives transformed with the good news of Jesus. Now, I hope this service inspires you. I hope it blesses you. I hope it builds your faith and I hope it gives you perspective that God is moving in your life. If there is anything that we can do to help you, don't be afraid to reach out on social media or email our office. Thanks for joining us again and let's get to the service. lovely to see everyone here in person and I'd also like to say a very big welcome to our online audience. Whether you're watching now or in the future, it is a great honour to have you join with us. So as Gladness just said, my name is Emily and I've been a member here at the Gaul Uniting Church Congregation for a few years now. So today we're looking at part two in our current series called White Noise. Last week, Angus defined white noise as a constant background noise, especially one that drowns out other sounds. And he gave the example that as a uni student, he would listen to music through earphones to drown out the sounds of people around him as he studied. I did that too. He also addressed that white noise does not apply to just sounds. Deodorant is a white noise to body odor, and we create white noise in our lives to drown out unwanted emotions, which prevent us from acknowledging and addressing our emotions. He looked, at the, he looked at the practical application of mindfulness, where we observe our thoughts and feelings without judging them as good or bad. And instead of letting life pass us by, mindfulness means living in the moment and awaking to the experience. And that we can do that through prayer and that we can bring our emotions to God and, when, and we can be honest with him. We also learn that using white noise to mask unwanted sounds is not a sustainable way to live. Today, we're going to look at the commonly masked emotion of loneliness and how God offers us an invitation into a relationship with him when we are lonely. But first, would you please join me in prayer? Lord God, Thank you that we're able to gather here today to read your word and to learn about you. Father, open our ears to, to hear your words and prepare our hearts for what you have to say to us. Let your words be the words that are spoken today. In Jesus' name, amen. So one unwanted emotion that everyone faces at one stage in their life or another is loneliness. Loneliness within itself is not necessarily a problem. However, what we do when we're lonely can often be problematic. When we are lonely, we create white noise to drown out the feeling. That white noise may be in the form of television, friends, relationships, or keeping yourself extremely busy. The white noise we create when we're lonely distracts us from the deep cry that says that something is missing, a feeling we often misinterpret as something being wrong or amiss. However, loneliness is not a sign of inadequacy, but rather a sign of a desired intimacy to feel loved and in a place of belonging. And I'll be honest, 
It is only recently that I've discovered that I feel lonely, a lot. But there is hope. Through Jesus, God offers us an invitation to enter into an intimate relationship with him. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 to 10, it is written, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God offers us love, which is something that a lonely person often feels to be lacking. But you might be thinking, what is loneliness? Because most people associate loneliness with being without company or being cut off from others and having a feeling of a deep and distressing sadness. However, a person can be in a social setting and still feel lonely. And likewise, a person can be on their own and not feel lonely. According to psychology, loneliness is a state of mind that causes people to feel empty, alone and unwanted. People who are lonely often crave human contact. However, their state of mind can make it more difficult to form connections with other people. Examples of someone feeling lonely could include a child starting at a new school and knowing no one else. They could feel lonely even though they're surrounded by dozens of other children. A defence force person could feel lonely if they're posted away from their family, despite having others in their unit around them. A person entering a church for the first time may feel lonely. But sometimes we can feel lonely even when we're surrounded by people we know and love. A personal example is that a few months ago, I was out at a ball games night with a few close friends, and I remember feeling lonely and distant from everyone. Despite the fact that I knew each person well, and I knew that each person there loved and cared for me. The loneliness felt and experienced by myself and other people is a cry from the soul that something is needed. It is a sign of a desired intimacy, a sign that something is missing. And it is often a sign that is left unnoticed because all the white noise in our life that drowns out the loneliness Social media, a cramped timetable, television, relationships, they're all examples of white noise and it's nowhere near a complete list. And there are some industries that exist in our world that thrive off of a person's loneliness. The sex industry operates on a person's need to feel physically connected to someone else. The social media industry feeds off of people's insecurities and their need to feel connected to other people. And dating apps can take advantage of and make money off of lonely people who are seeking comfort in a relationship. And these are just three examples. There are many, many more. And while some of them might not be completely bad, some of them are not entirely good either. Some of these activities that we take part in within these industries can have long-lasting and damaging effects on ourselves and or on other people. Often it is not loneliness in itself that is the problem, but rather what we do in our loneliness. And I will admit, I am guilty of using white noise to block out the loneliness in my life. 
So much so that I actually did not realise how much I've been feeling lonely and masking the loneliness with the white noise in my life until I started writing this message. Using white noise to block out loneliness may not always be intentional. Most of us would do it subconsciously. White noise is a distraction from the loneliness we feel, but is also a distraction from Jesus who relates to our loneliness loneliness, and who can help us through our loneliness. And there are at least two clear examples of Jesus experiencing loneliness within the Bible. The ones we're looking at today can both be found in Matthew. And both examples happened within 24 hours of each other. The first example is when Jesus takes his disciples to the garden at Gethsemane. The account is written in chapter 6, verses 36 to 46. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall in temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Here we see Jesus struggling with emotions and the knowledge of what is to come. He knows that this is the night where he will be arrested, he'll be beaten, and then he'll be sentenced to the cruel death of a crucifixion. And knowing this, Jesus requests his disciples, his friends, to stay with him and to keep watch while he prays to his father. And after praying an emotional prayer, Jesus returns to find his disciples asleep. Imagine how Jesus must be feeling at this point. I imagine it must be difficult enough to find, when you're in a time of trouble, your companion sleeping to be quite an isolating feeling. But to find them sleeping three different times? I imagine a deep hurt, a feeling of disappointment and betrayal aimed towards his disciples. All emotions that contribute to the feeling of loneliness. Jesus here is feeling lonely in the company of his dear friends. And his loneliness is not helped by the emotional toll that Jesus is preparing himself for. However, Jesus also knew that this feeling of loneliness that he's experiencing and is about to experience 
is necessary to bring all people into a relationship with the Father. In this example, Jesus feels a loneliness from people. However, in the next example, Jesus feels a loneliness from God. Matthew 27 verse 46 says, About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lemma shabbatani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Here we see Jesus struggling with the feeling of abandonment by his father. He cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What an expression of an incredible, isolating and lonely feeling. However, it was through the suffering that Jesus endured here on the cross that God the Father's love shone brightly and a path was cleared by Jesus that leads directly to relationship with the Father. The first two verses of the well-known song, How Deep the Father's Love for Us, paints a clear picture of God's great love for us and the humbling price that Jesus paid. How deep the Father's love for us and how vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss, the father turns his face away as wounds which marred the chosen one brings many sons to glory. Behold the man upon a cross, my sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed, I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. His dying breath brought me life. I know that it is finished. And Paul also picks up of this in 2 Corinthians chapters 5, verses 18 to 21. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It was through the death of Jesus that we were able to be reconciled with God. And through that reconciliation, we were able to enter into a relationship with God the Father. Jesus traded himself, the only one who was perfect and without sin and who had no need to feel lonely, for the whole of humanity who is sinful and lonely just to demonstrate the immense love God has for the people he created. Jesus took his loneliness and the loneliness of the world to the cross and he overcame that loneliness. And because Jesus overcame his loneliness, we can overcome our loneliness too. Jesus overcame his loneliness through his death on the cross where he fulfilled the Father's plan to bring his children back into a relationship with him. Jesus enables us to enter into a relationship with the Father 
because Jesus now lives within us. Paul writes in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Because Jesus now lives within us, we have an intimate relationship with him that knows no end. And because our relationship with Jesus is eternal, we can have faith that we are never truly alone. But when we feel lonely and yearn for human companionship, it can be too easy to fill our lives with white noise and forget that Jesus is with us. And I'll be honest again, I have certainly been guilty of that as of lately. When the significant person in my life started a full-time job this week, I threw myself into starting a vegetable garden, spending more time at work even though my shift had ended. I spent more time in squeezing work into my secondary job. I was cooking, I was shopping, and I'm pretty sure there were more activities in there. It wasn't until I stopped and sat down to sort through my thoughts and notes for this message that I was hit with the realisation that I was lonely and I felt guilty for not recognising it sooner. And almost immediately after I had this realisation, I felt a further shame and guilt because I realised I hadn't actually given much thought to God at all. So I put my phone down I went into my room, I shut the door, I took a deep breath, I prayed, and I opened my devotional. I spent time just sitting in God's presence, and I felt the loneliness dissolve. I still felt like I needed a hug and wanted to feel a physical sense of comfort, but the aching loneliness that I was bearing there was being soothed in God's presence. After this experience, I spent the following days waking up and reaching for my devotional was one of the first things I did each morning. I would spend some quiet time with God, reading his word, praying to him and just enjoying experiencing his warmth spread over me. The aching loneliness I felt from spending less time with the person I love was dissipating the more time I spent with God. And I was beginning to feel pretty amazing. And then Friday morning rolled around. I wake up feeling very emotionally blah. I reach for my devotional and the words just seem to swim across the page. I prayed, asking God for his help. And I felt nothing. I was crying out to God, searching for his presence, but was left with the feeling that he was gone. And what I felt in that moment and across the day, I imagine is similar to how Jesus felt on the cross. And I'll admit, I got pretty angry at God. And as the day went by and more and more things went wrong, I got angrier and angrier. I walked into the lounge room at one stage and just screamed, God, where are you? Why can't I feel you? And my anger grew. My feeling of loneliness deepened and I felt like I was suffocating and that I needed an escape. So I hopped in my car and went for a drive and I tried to call three different people 
all very strong Christian women in my life. The first two people didn't answer and I was feeling more and more not okay. And when the first person answered the phone, all I could do by that point was just sob. I am not okay. I feel angry about X, Y, Z and I can't feel God's presence. I felt broken. My friend talked me through some deep breaths and I poured everything out to her that I was feeling, including my anger at feeling alone and out of God's reach. She responded by praying for me and uplifting me towards God. She encouraged me to go read some Psalms and reminded me that God has blessed us with a book full of reassurances of his love and faithfulness and a full account of what his son, Jesus, did for us. She also reminded me that I have a loving group of other Christians around me who would patiently remind me of God's love and Jesus' sacrifice and that these people would pray for me. After I'd calmed down, I hopped off the phone I opened the Psalms and I read about 10 different Psalms. And while I still felt more distant from God than what I had been feeling over the prior days, I felt a familiar warmth comfort beginning to swell in my chest. The experience of the past week has shown me that sometimes loneliness can manifest as a suffering, but it is a suffering that we can share with Jesus because he has felt the same suffering. In 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 to 7, Paul wrote, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we receive ourselves from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. In our loneliness and our suffering, we can be comforted by the fact that Jesus has experienced both and he has overcome both. So we can reach out to him for comfort and reassurance and we will know that we will overcome the loneliness that we feel. And sometimes that requires trusting in God and his faithfulness. So when it boils down to it, what can help us when we're feeling lonely? Well, for me personally, there were four different things that I did that you may find helpful too. The first one was prayer. Taking the time out to talk to God, sit with him in his presence and just be honest. Open up to him about how you are feeling. Take the time to listen to what he might have to say. The second one was just reading God's word. 
The Bible is full of God's promises and reassurances of his love and his faithfulness. The Bible also has different accounts of the suffering Jesus endured on the cross and taking the time to let the weight of his sacrifice and the immensity of his love to sink in can be empowering and gives one's love's tank a real boost. Reading the Psalms is also helpful as there are Psalms that have a tone of praise, Psalms that have a tone of despair, and some Psalms have both tones. In Psalm 69, it is clear that David feels abandoned and distant from God, and yet he remains firm in his belief that God is watching over him and that God is worthy of all praise. The third thing I did was lean in on my Christian community. While God is our creator and our ultimate fulfillment for loneliness, Scripture also tells us that we were made from community. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it is written, The Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. When we feel alone and helpless, it is our Christian family who lifts us up and points us back towards God and his amazing love, mercy and grace. I believe that life groups are important and I have lost count on the number of times my life group has helped me through a challenging time by encouraging me to keep my eyes fixated on Jesus. The fourth thing I found helpful was listening to Christian music. Listening to songs that affirm scripture and remind me of God's faithfulness was really helpful. Particularly when reading was a bit difficult because, for a mid, because admittedly for a bit on Friday, I couldn't read due to the tears streaming down my face. But I was able to listen to music. So I whacked on my worship playlist and let the words singing of God's love, faithfulness and kindness wash over me. One song in particular stood out, and I had it on repeat for quite a long time yesterday. The last verse and chorus of Jesus Strong and Kind says this. Jesus said, if I am lost, he will come to me. And he showed me on that cross, he will come to me. For the Lord is good and faithful. He will keep us day and night. We can always run to Jesus. Jesus, strong and kind. It was a reminder that Jesus is with me always. His love for me was proven upon the cross, and he is both strong and kind. He can take the weight of what I'm feeling. So those were just four different applications that I used, but there are many, many more ways you can approach Jesus in your loneliness, because we all connect to God differently. You may find you connect with God more when you're out in nature. Maybe you connect with God through journaling and being creative. Maybe you feel a deep connection with God when you are singing and dancing. My challenge for you this week is to take some time out to sit and think about how you best connect with God. And then what can you change this week to do that activity more, to connect further with God and embrace his love that can fill the gap of loneliness. So in a very quick summary as we wrap up, loneliness is an emotion that we all struggle with at times. 
and it is a sign that we are longing for something more. And it is an emotion that we all feel. Jesus also experienced loneliness, but he overcame his loneliness on the cross so that we do not have to be alone because his death also enables him to live within us and he reconciles us to the Father so we are never truly alone. And we all connect with God differently in our loneliness. So, as I said before, think about how you can connect with God this week in a way where you feel his overwhelming presence and love. Please pray with me. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for experiencing loneliness so that we can relate to you in our loneliness. And thank you that you overcame your loneliness on the cross so that we can enter into an intimate relationship with you where you come and live in us so that we are never alone. As we go out into our weeks, Jesus, I pray that you help every single one of us find the best way to connect with our Father. Help us to find his presence and to sit and listen to everything he has to say to us. Fill us with the assurance that you are never leaving us and let your love and peace be felt in us. In your name we pray. Amen.